This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so we are continuing our premarital class, and again, my, my part on this is dating on purpose. And I just love that, um, you know, we were just playing that song, Where the Spirit Is, There's Liberty. Because, you know, in this world today, there's so many expectations that are put on us by men, right? There's expectations that have been put on men. There's expectations that have been put on women. There's expectations that have been put on the black man. There's expectations that have been put on the white man. There's different expect- there's expectations that have been put on you on how to date, how to choose, how to have, you can have sex outside of men. All these things have been put on you, but the Bible says where the spirit is, there is liberty. And liberty is a freedom. A freedom to walk, not the way that this world expects you to, not, not according to what they have for you, but a freedom to walk to what the Lord has de- delivered to you. So, when, when, where the Spirit is, there's liberty to date biblically. You don't have to do what the world says. Because you're going to, like we said last time, there's a, you'll get a lot of different answers from people. You'll get answers from people who think that they know. Psychologists, doctors. Oh, you know what? It is good to have sex before marriage. It is to do this. It is, it is good to do that. But where the Spirit is, there's liberty. There's freedom to walk and righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, a couple of things that I want, to, I want to remind us about before we get started here. This is premarital class, so I want to remind us what the purpose of marriage is. And Minister Stinson touched on this very well. The purpose of marriage is to show forth God's love and to raise a godly seed. And so what is marriage? We said marriage is an institution created by God whereby two rational, free moral agents who are man and woman, you have to say that nowadays, who are born again, choose to enter into covenant with another imperfect person for a lifetime. Now, and, and, and over the past couple of weeks, I, I've been referring to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter, I believe it's chapter 3. And I want to say it again. God has given us time and he gives it to us in dispensations. And he doesn't give us time to say, hey, you can do what you want to do with it. You can, listen, you can do what you want to in this season. No, God gives us time, he gives us season, and he gives us everything he wants us, everything that we need to get what he gives us to get, uh, accomplish in that season. But the thing about it is, when seasons come our way, a lot of people, when they see these trials, when they see things ahead of them, when they see things that they don't want to go through, they just want to skip over those seasons. They want to do what they want to do to get what they want to get, when they want to get there, instead of letting God make, it, make things beautiful in His time. So I say this again to say that there is a season before marriage, and that is dating. And God says, you must go through this season before you get to the season of marriage. Or it won't be beautiful in this time. You will start experiencing these issues that... The majority of the world is, 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 is experiencing it. You know why? Because there's no liberty there. The spirit, of lo- the spirit of God is not there. See, God has purpose in setting up relationships. God has purpose in your dating. We talked about what dating was before. Dating is just setting a specific date, a specific time, with a, whether it be social or romantic, with a, with a person or a group of individuals. So it doesn't have to be one-on-one. It doesn't have to be romantic all the time. A date could simply be a... It could be me meeting... A date is like us right now. We're meeting here. Here's another... Here's the third... Here's our third date. Because this is week three. We just set a date. And then again, we said you can build on relationships by making dates on people... By making dates with people that you have things in common with. For example, 
You have things in common with people you work with. So you make dates with them to build on your relationship. You have people, you have things in common with people you go to church with. So you make dates with them so you can build on those relationships. The difference is the world says you can build those relationships with anybody you want. But God says, no, there's a purpose for relationships. There's a purpose for dating. It's not just so that you can fulfill your sexual desires. It's not just so that you can fill your bank account. It's not just so you can have children. God has a purpose. And if you don't know that his purpose includes saving souls, we have a problem. You're not ready to date, for one. You're sure not ready for marriage. And, and, and so now we've got to get back to what God says it's for, if you're a believer. So what is dating, and does God's purpose interfere with it? And I'm still doing a review here, so let me, let me uh, catch up here. What is biblical dating? We said biblical dating is God's method to establish kingdom relationships. And so we said, what is, what is kingdom relationships? We know what relationships are, and we had to figure out what is the king, what's kingdom? What's the kingdom of God? And we found out in Romans it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's what he wants us to base our bonds on. That's what he wants us to build our relationships off of, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's what we have in common as the believer. And remember, nothing he does conflicts with each other. Nothing he does is at odds with each other. Everything he does feeds off into the same purpose. That's why we saw the purpose from the beginning in Genesis was to subdue and have dominion over all of God's creation. Set it in order. And all of God's creation includes who? Are you God's creation? Then it includes you. Subdue and have dominion over your, over your fleshly members. Keep them under so that you, you can be in a kingdom relationship. And then when those kingdom relationships come together and they blossom into marriage, we can set kingdom trends. Kingdom trends through our family. I, I love how we went to, to Psalm 127. Let's go to Psalm 127 again. We have to go there. Let's go over to Psalm 127. We're still reviewing, but I just can't, I can't leave that up. Because biblical dating is for the believer. And we just said, when, you, when God brings people together that are doing what he ha- that are subduing and having to meet, kingdom trends get set. And let me help you out as well. Kingdom trends don't just get set from a marriage relationship. And we'll get there too. But kingdom trends get set. So let me go from Psalm 127 again. It says, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain, they build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. See, the Lord keeping, that's the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit is, there's liberty. He's keeping the house. He's watching the, listen, and now you have to walk in the Spirit, right? You have to allow the Lord to keep it. You can't let what the, what the world's expectations say come in and pull you off of what the, what the Lord says. Because you have to have the Lord keep the house. Unless the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows. And we said what the bread of sorrows was, those are just the results of your decisions. You're wondering, why am I in this situation? Because you're not allowing the Lord to keep the city. You're not allowing the Lord to build the house. So now you're eating the bread of sorrows. But rest he is only found in the Lord. Eat the bread for so he giveth his beloved seed. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. And we found out last week that children are those that fear the Lord. Those that have accepted Christ into their heart. Those are the ones that are heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb, who is Christ's bride? The church. We are the fruit. The fruit of the womb is righteousness. The church, they should be righteous. 
That's his reward. You know, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gate. Uh, now, now, now see, a kingdom relationship is a house that the Lord has built. And if you have a quiver full of arrows, they're going to meet with the enemies at the gate of your heart. They're going to meet with the lusts and desires at your heart. You know why? Because God set it up that way. Remember, remember, biblical dating is to encourage one another, to edify each other, to challenge and correct each other. So of course I'm going to meet with those desires at the gates of your hearts and my heart. But, but, but don't forget, remember it says, it starts to set the kingdom trends. You can't stop there. It says, verse, Psalm 128, verse 1, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Jump to verse 5, it says, The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon earth. Uh, now that is kingdom trends. When kingdom trends get set, your children's children experience it. That's the kingdom of God. Uh, Minister Martin said, you know, the kingdom of God is where, where, where the kingdom comes down and meets you here. That's, the, that's meeting you and you're long gone. <laughs> See, that's the blessing, the, the, the gift that keeps on giving Christ. You're long gone, but your children's children. Those are kingdom trends. See, kingdom trends are eternal. They don't stop. Kingdom trends keep going and going. But it starts with you. Subduing. Having dominion. Dressing and keeping. So that you prepare for kingdom relationships. So that you prepare for this season and the next season and every season of your life so that God can use you. So that you can be fruitful. Yes, this is premarital class. But that's a house built by the Lord. The church. That's a house built by the Lord. That's why we should never forsake the assembly of the upright. God has put this together. This is one of the gifts God has done for us. That includes biblical dating. The local church. So when I said, like before last week, I said we're going to date the rest of our lives. These are the people that you should date for the rest of your life. Why? So we can continue to de develop the kingdom of God in us. So we can make sure that those kingdom trends are set. Because let me tell you, the sin of this world will never stop. It will never stop. Your temptations are less, they will never stop. They'll never give up. And we're going to see that today. It will never stop. So developing kingdom trends, developing kingdom relationships, it must never stop. And how, and how do we develop, how do we allow the kingdom of God to, to show forth to other people? And we said it last time, by being an example of the believer, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Remember, an example of a believer is one that loves God more than they love you. An example of a believer is going to say, you know what, I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm not worried about being faithful to you. We, we, we discussed that last week. That's, that's a kicker right there. I hope some of you are listening. If you hear somebody tell you, oh, this person was unfaithful to me. Have you been unfaithful to God? Let's not, let's not look at this person being unfaithful. Because when you say somebody's been unfaithful, that means I expect you to be faithful to me sexually. Unless you're married. Oh, but they've been unfaithful. No, you and that person have been unfaithful to God. 
You're going against what's right in God's eyes. Remember righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? Sex outside of marriage is, is, is wrong in God's eyes. See, they have to love God more than they love you. They're not faithful to me, no. The, the words that they haven't been faithful to God. That's what should have came out their mouth. So if you choose today, biblically, you'll get sound counsel. You'll learn accountability. You'll edify each other in love while maintaining your faithfulness to God. So again, if you don't, if you, adversely, if you choose to operate outside of biblical dating, then you're not going to receive sound counsel. It's going to be unwise. No accountability. And we're going to get into accountability probably a little next week. You'll waste time and you'll be pulled away from God's purpose. It'll be fruitless for you. So, you know, the question is, how can we pick or how do we select who we date as a believer? Well, let's find out how we don't, first and foremost. And we went here last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 16. It says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And that says, don't be joined together with somebody that has an alien spirit in you. And like we said just now, an example is one who does things in the spirit of Christ. So if they're not doing things in the spirit of Christ, that's an alien spirit of you. And then it says, for what share or what benefit or, 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 or what, what agreement does righteousness, the fruit of the believer, have with unrighteousness, the fruit of the unbelief? Then it says, what concord or agreement does Belial have with Christ? And we say, what is Belial? That's, again, that's unprofitableness, worthlessness, stagnant, idle. Just doing it, just because. And then it says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? See, when you're, when you're the temple of God and your, your spirit starts to come in agreement with other things, that's when you become, you, you become corrupt. Corrupt on the inside. Because coming into the agreement with another spirit means I spent time with them. Uh, this spirit, I've, I've allowed the way that they think and, and their ways to become my ways. and, and That's a dangerous place to be. That's a real dangerous place to be. That's outside of God's will. That's a real dangerous place. You've allowed the, you've been unequally yoked. You're a believer. And now their ways and their thoughts are starting to become yours. That's a real dangerous place to be. So I made this statement last week and I'm going to make it again. The picking of people that hinder your walk comes from a close relationship with the world. And the world does a good job of making you feel fine in your sin. Like we said last time, it has an endless supply of options that will fit your sin perfectly. If you're looking for an answer to fit you, it's out there. That's the thing, that's the difference between the world and the truth. The world has a million answers, the truth has one. And it's Jesus. That's the thing about truth. That's how you can tell the difference between truth and, and lies. There's only one answer when it comes to truth. But the world will give you many. And because you become, become, become friends with the world and their way of doing things, you, you become unequally yoked, then you'll start to do it because it's freed you in your lust. And what's abnormal for the believer has become normal for you. Once again, oh, that is a dangerous place to be. You better pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is working in you then. That is a dangerous place to be. But again, if we're honest, it doesn't matter who's offering advice. As long as it confirms with what we agree with. 
acting like we're validated by others, but we're just yielding to our own lusts and desires. And that's because we've been unequally yoked, we've been corrupted, and we've allowed ourselves to be drawn away with our own lust. Because let me tell you something, when I said that your lusts and desires don't stop, they're going to come and it's going to be the one that you want. Every time. That, that's why God gives grace. He said, before me, yeah, you tried it, but now, now you're with me and you have grace. Let's go through this again together. We've got to depend on this grace in this dispensation. And James says, like I said, every man is tempted and drawn away with his own lust. And now we're back to where we stopped last week. So I'm going to get there again and we're going to see a situation in the Bible where truthfully somebody is drawn away with their own lust. We're going to see how this whole relationship thing plays itself out. So let's go ahead and turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 13. And as we started last week, again, this is a situation in the Bible. It has to do with David's son Amnon, his daughter Tamar, his son Absalom, their cousin Jonadab. This has to do, these are the characters in this situation. And again, like I said, I love how the Bible mentions this because it's about relationships. And it's gonna, relationships will make or break you. They mention everybody here. And I love how the Bible did, how they mention it. So we're going to start here at verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. So he had a fair sister. And y'all know what fair means. She was beautiful. She looked good. And he loved his sister. And it said here, And, and Amnon, I'm sorry, And Amnon was so vexed, And again, what do we say vexed mean? That means he's in a violent state of distress to the point of action. He's ready to do something at this point. It says, And Amnon was so vexed that he felt sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. Now, and I had to stop there last time because I told you, back in this day, virgin meant something different. It, it, it wasn't like a normal, no, virgins there, they were kept in close seclusion. Men couldn't just come in and see without consent from the king, and then other people present. It wasn't no going in there with the virgin by saying, no, they kept them in close seclusion. A virgin meant something. Tamar was, this is what you need to know, Tamar was not to be in a man's presence without the king's approval and without witnesses. For she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it was hard for him to do anything to her. Verse 3, but Amnon had a friend. There it is right there. What did I say last time? Amnon went on a date with a close friend. And like I said, it, it doesn't call anybody else in this chapter his friend. Let me see. Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Jemaah, David's brother. So it was his cousin. But see, it's so funny to me how God thought it was, it's so crucial to say it was his friend first. Remember, you have to spend time. For that spirit to become your spirit, you spend time with it. Their ways become your ways. Their thoughts become your thoughts. Jonadab knew that Amnon was sick for Tamar. See, rational, free more agent. You've got to work some of these things out. Jonadab knew. And Amnon knew Jonadab knew. And Amnon knew that Jonadab... Let me, let me show you what Amnon knew. Right here in verse 3. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. Amnon knew that. Because that was his friend. He was like, if there's anybody 
that can help me get what I want to get, it's Jonah Dab. My friend. Let me go on a date with my friend, my close friend. Because Jonah Dab knows me and I know him. Verse 4. And he said unto him, Why art thou being the king's son? See, his friend. Right there. Hey, man, you're the king's son, bro. What's going on? You can have whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. I, I, I can hear certain people, too. I can hear, hey, you're a grown man. You can do what you want to do, man. Yeah, I heard they cancel, but you grown. You make that decision yourself. And he said unto him, Why art thou being the king's son lean from day to day? Because the king's son don't have to be lean from day to day. The king's son don't have to be sick. We know that. Don't we cuz? I'm sorry, don't we friend? Will thou not tell me? Because I already know. <laughs> and Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed. Let me tell you something. It was with the quickness. Jonah had already seen this from his friend. He already had a plan made up. See, unequally yoked. I, I promise you. He, he made a plan. And he said, And Jonah said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick, and thy father cometh to thy father cometh to see thee, and say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress thy meat in my sight, and dress the meat in my sight, and I may see it and eat it at her hand. Now let me tell you something right now, right here. Mr. Subtle, with his game. He said, Go straight to the king and tell him to get to my sister. And I want to tell you in this instance what he's doing. He's saying, Make sure there's no witnesses there. Get the okay from the king to go by yourself. To get her by yourself. <laughs> get the okay. Remember, she's a virgin. Uh, you couldn't just come in there by yourself. You had to get the king's okay. And you couldn't just come in there. So he got his friend. His real subtle friend. Who he knew could get what his lust wanted. And he told him exactly what he needed to hear. You know why? Know how I know he told him what he wanted to hear? Because he did it. <laughs> He did exactly what he told him. But here's the thing, too. We're going to read it here. Somebody else told him something else. But that's the thing about your lust and desire. The ones that easily beset you. When you're so far gone, it don't matter what nobody says to you. You're going to do it. His mind was set up from when he already said, I have a friend. Let me make a date. Because I know what he's going to tell me. He's going to have the answer to what I want to do. Verse 6. So immediately after he told him, so Amnon lay down. Because he wanted to do it. Immediately after he told him to do it. And made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. So he got game from his homeboy talking about, hey, why don't you go cook some dinner for her at your house and tell her to come over. That's the, see, that's the type of game you hear nowadays. Oh, I know... Oh, I, you're trying to, you trying to, let, let, me, let me use the vernacular I use, we use nowadays. You're trying to hit that. You're trying to do this. You're trying to get up to the house and cook a dinner. Be Mr. Romance. Where there's no accountability. Nobody there. And he did it. Uh, he got the okay from the king. So she could come by herself. No accountability. 
and then let's see what happens. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, see, he, he, he even played the authority in his life. He wasn't coming at him like, oh, I'm lusting after a sexual. He played him. Jonadab knew his own father didn't. He came at him like, this is not my half-sister. Or, or, this, is, this is my sister's sister. I just need, I'm not feeling good. I just need something. But he had, he had other intentions. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, go now to thy brother. See, it's, go to thy brother. That's what, that's what David's thinking. Go to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, have out, have out all men from me. Get everybody out. Everybody that's in here, let's get them out. Here goes the account. Kick the accountability out. I want them all out. And Amnon said to Amnon, I'm sorry. And she took a pan, and have all men out from me. And they went out, every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she, she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. It, it's, it's so funny to me, right? Because he, he's been unequally yoked so much that he took the subtle counsel from Jonadab, and now he's starting to make it his own. Because he's unequally yoked. Now he's starting to add things to his Hey, come into the bedroom chamber. He's starting to do it's, it's working just according to my flesh. Because he's unequally yoked. See, his ways have become his ways. Jonadab's thoughts have become Amnon's thoughts. Now he's like, I got it from here. He gave me what I needed. Let me run with it. Come on into the chamber. And, brought, uh, and Amnon said, Bring the meat to the chamber that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she made and brought them unto the chamber to Amnon, her brother. And when she, took, when she had brought them into him, he took a hold of her and said come unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Hey, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel, not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as far... I'm sorry, hold on one second. Here we go. My shame to go. I'm sorry. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not doubt this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? For as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Uh, there was a quick counsel right there. Speak unto the authority, speak unto the king. But he's so gone in his lust that even the king's name didn't, didn't deter him. He's so, he's so ready to do what he wants to do. She said, speak to the king. Speak to your father. I'm not hearing that. I'm here, and I'm out of control of my lust. I'm out of control of my flesh. See, uh, that's the thing about that subtle, that subtle, wise, shrewd counsel that Jonadad gives you. It always ends up in trouble. That's what we were talking about earlier, the counsel. You know, people saying, it's, it's all right to have sex before marriage. And I've actually asked a lot of people this lately. And all of them say, we've got to test the merchandise. You should test the merchandise. And I begin to think, merchandise? So let me, let me get you a level then, right? Let's go to testing a car. So let's say you get into a car dealership and you want to test the car. Well, guess what? Everybody gets a chance to test it. 
Everybody puts their hands on the inside. Everybody comes up on the window. Everybody, listen, and if it goes out and they get in an accident, guess what? It's in an accident. It'll never have the same value again. Same thing with your spirit, man. And you think nowadays, everybody in that car, you got COVID. Does your spirit man have COVID? Is your spirit man strong? Everybody inside that car. But you want to test drive it. When you should receive cancer, so, and listen, I don't, I don't look at women as merchandise. You shouldn't look at men as merchandise. But since we're there, since you want to test the merchandise, let's go there. Let's stay with the car dealership. Let's say you go into, what's a high price, a Rolls Royce dealership. And you go into the showroom floor. And there's a car in the middle. Now you know, can't nobody touch that car. Can't nobody come in and get in there and look in there. Can't nobody put their hands on the inside of that car. But here's the thing about that. See, either you come in and you know that you can't get that car, or you've come in and you already know. You've prepared yourself. Listen, you've done your research. Uh, you know that it's a great car. It's not going to mess up. Listen, you don't have to put your hands on it to know that it is. You've done your research. You've done what it takes to get the car. You know what it takes, and you've done what it takes to get the car. Uh, nobody's put their hands in it. Nobody's looked in the, in the, in the, inside the... Nobody's been on there to touch it. If you have a problem with it once you get it, you can go back to the manufacturer, and you know they got it. That's biblical dating. <laughs> Listen, if I want to get married, and God knows this, then I need to subdue. I need to have dominion. I need to dress and keep. I need to be what God's called me to be because he has something for me that nobody's touched. And it's just like that car, when you go in there and you've made it and you've done everything you're supposed to get, you get in there and guess what? You can touch it and nobody else can. You can sit in that car. You can put your, It's yours. It's your car. It's the same thing in biblical dating. It's the same. It's the exact same thing. While you're talking about testing the merchandise, listen, you can find out everything you want to know about a car without having to touch it. You know, the one that has, you step in that room, that has the most value in here. And can't nobody touch it. That's God's child. And God said, well, I'll give you what you need to get to, to, get to do it. I'll give you what you need to have kingdom relationships. I'll give you what you need. So when you come in, you see it, guess what? I, listen, that, I, I've done the work. But see, that's the, that's, that's the difference between the world's council. The world don't want to wait. We want to skip seasons. We want to do what we want and get what we want right now. So let's see what, let's see what uh, Amnon did here. Verse 14. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice. What did I say? He didn't hear it. He was gone in his lust. He had the counsel that he wanted, that he agreed with. Truthfully, he should have went to King David. But he had what he wanted. Jonadab said what his flesh wanted. And he was like, Jonadab said I could do it. No, you, already, you was already gone in your lust. You had what you wanted. So what did it say in 14? Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice. But being stronger than she, forced her and lay down and lay with her. And then look at the results. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly. So, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had, he had loved her. See, it's, it's so amazing to me. 
A lot of people that they get sexually active and all they had a great friendship before. They get in a relationship with somebody, they get sexually active, and now they, and then something happens in their words, they were unfaithful to me or whatever. And now we're no longer friends. Now I hate you. Now you hate me. Not even if you're unfaithful. Just because you gave me sex before marriage. See, that's a lot of things that men or women don't understand. Uh, listen, a true believer, that, that does something to the heart. That's not something that somebody... It causes damage. And then, because you're damaged all purpose again... You have to be healed from that damage again before you even get back walking right. And I want you to know the, the damage that was done here. His sister was shameful. She was hurt. She was pained. David was, was upset about his daughter. Absalom killed his brother. Absalom waited. Came back and killed his brother to avenge his sister. See, that's what you got to understand about your relationships. You think, yeah, relationships will make or break you. Relationships can make or break your whole family if you let it. That's why it's all about kingdom relationships. Developing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not about pleasing your lust. Another thing that, that has to be said here, because Jonadab was his cousin, sometimes you got to get away from your family. God told Abraham, get thee away from that country and away from that kindred to a place that I will show you. But that goes back to where the spirit is. There's liberty. There's liberty to say, hey, I'll be back for you because you're not going nowhere right now and it's fruitless and pointless for me to be there. I'll be back. Because God has to get me to a place so that I can get you to a place. See, I want you to understand, a relationship inside the kingdom of God it's going to always come with real life-on-life life accountability. If you, all, if you ever catch anybody trying to get out accountability out the window, then you need to run. You need to get out of there. Uh, that's what Amnon should have did. Because Jodadab gave him counsel to get accountability out the window. But that's what he wanted. He was already loose in his lust. He was already unequally yoked. His ways had already, his friend's ways had become his ways. But, like I said, these type of counsels you listen to, it's going to end up And failure. No victory in your life. Same cycles. Not kingdom trends, but cycles. That keep showing up from to your children's children. You don't got to put your hands on things. Listen, you can see if somebody honors and respects their parents without touching them. Without knowing them intimately and sexually. You can see if somebody's committed to their local church without touching them without putting your hands on them, without trying to know them sexually. Uh, you can see if a person is selfish without having to touch them. You can see if a person all they like to do is party without having to put your hands on them. You can see if this person is edifying you and building you up or challenging you and correcting you the right way without having to put your hands on them. That's biblical dating. 
you, you can see when a person is keeping himself pure. When they're walking in the faith. When they're being an example of the believer. You can see when a person has got intertwined with every facet of their life. Those are the ones that we date. Those are the ones that love God more than they love you. So I'll say it again. A believer must be very selective who we date. Who you choose to fellowship with. Who you choose to be yoked with. Commune with. Listen, just as your environment helps shape who you are, so do the people you associate with. What you spend your time with will govern your life. I love how, what we've learned in this ministry. What you think on the longest becomes the strongest. So if you hang around those that fulfill the lust of their flesh, guess what you're going to do? Don't fulfill the lust of your flesh. That, that's why you see so many, so many broken relationships, so many divorces, so many abusive relationships, addictive relationships, ungodly relationships. And, and, and then it's not, a, it's not enough that you, you get bombarded with your own lusts and desires and, and simple thoughts. Then you get bombarded by the world with their magazines, their TVs, their social media. And then on top of that, the people you choose to hang with are going to bombard you with the same lusts and desires. So now you're getting hit on three ways. Putting you in a position to compromise God's purpose in your life. That's what I meant when I said making friends with the world earlier. That's making friends with the world. I'm choosing these people because they're going to let me be free of my lust. They're not going to challenge and correct me. They're not going to build me up. They're not going to hold me accountable. So I'm choosing these people to date. And, and, and let me tell you, a friend of this world is an enemy of God. Hmm. That's why I said that's a dangerous place to be. Uh, you know, you can be so far gone in your lust that you don't even know that the Spirit of God is, that, that you're, just, you're teetering on that edge. As a believer, you can be so far gone in your lust that you don't even know what's going on. What's about to happen? You can't even recognize God's presence anymore. And let me assure you, Minister, Minister Stinson said it a couple weeks ago, he, God is right where you left him. It's you that's left. We've got to be selective in who we date. It's going to affect your outlook on life. It'll affect your standard, and it'll affect your walk. Slowly but surely. That's the way of the world. It eases its way in. It eases its way in until you look up and you're like, there's no spirit of God around. Just the ways of this world. The Bible says, be not deceived. Corrupt communication spoils good manners. Well, well how does it spoil See, corrupt communication spoils you, and then every relationship after it spoils you, 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 you build it off that same corrupt communication. So you're spoiled. Now not, only, not, not, now not only are you spoiled, but now you're spoiling other people. So I want to get into an example of, of this as well. And it's a very, very popular example in Judges. We're going to read on Samson here. 
And every time I read through this, I get something different. I get something new, and it's so amazing to me. So I want to go to, oh, i got a little time. We'll get started. <clears throat> we'll finish this up next week, and then we'll get into um, how we date. You know, a lot of people want to know why, you know, they want to know, can we date exclusively? And then what's the difference between dating and courting? I promise all that's to come. But we've got to set up kingdom relationships. There's a foundation we've got to get to first. So let's get over to Judges chapter 14. Now, before we get started here, I want you to know all of these altercations we're going to read through with Samson are against the Philistines, right? And I want to tell you a little bit about the Philistines. <clears throat> Excuse me. They worship a god named Dagon, right? And they did this in a number of ways. They had feast festivals, and at these feasts and festivals, they would offer sacrifices. And the sacrifices would be human sacrifice, it would be ritual prostitution, it would be self-mutilation, it would be homosexuality, and I want you to know this, Samson knew this. Uh, Samson knew this because as we're about to find out, Samson was unequally yoked his whole life. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me get this right. Let me, let me help you out. Because there are times in Samson's life where the Spirit of God was on him. And the Spirit of God was with him. And we're going to touch on that too. And then there was times where he didn't even know that the Spirit of God had left him. So we're going to get into that. Chapter 14. I'm going to start at verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her to me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all thy people, and that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. Now, I have to stop there. Because I want you to know, in verse 4 it says, But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. So I understand what's going on here. But you have to listen to what his father said. They said, is there never a woman among? So that means this is something that he's been doing. This is not something that just started happening. Uh, is there never a woman? Does it always have to be from them Philistines that worship Dagon? That aren't worshiping our God? These are people that you are coming in communion with. These are the people you are unequally yoked with. Because this is always happening. He said, is there never one among your people? Listen, is there never one among the church for you, believers? That's what, I, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is something that's been going on. Don't just think that Samson hopped up one day and was like, I'm going to go get a Philistine woman. No. That's not what happened. Let me tell you like this. At this point, Samson knew the Philistines and the Philistines knew him. Uh, they knew him well. And you're going to see that they knew him well because they're going to set a trap for him that they knew would work because they knew him. Yeah. Unequally yoked. But we're not going to get there today. We're going to stop here for now and we'll pick this up next week. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.